Hello, I am Maitreya, the friend of all souls. Welcome to my program. Today we're going to be talking about something that is very precious, that's very hard to keep and very easy to lose, but is more important than almost anything else on earth. It's called freedom. Say freedom. 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 Say freedom. Freedom. Freedom is one of the highest qualities that God has put within every soul. Freedom that has five faces, five aspects. The first aspect of freedom is free will. The second aspect of freedom is free choice. The third aspect of freedom is self-determinism. The fourth aspect of freedom is individual freedom. And the fifth aspect of freedom is absolute, inescapable, personal responsibility. Absolute, inescapable, personal responsibility. The others, without that, would be meaningless. So whatever you choose, and whatever you choose not to choose, for in choosing not to choose, you shall have also chosen. You must be responsible for that, personally responsible for that. You know, after the Second World War was over and they had the, the, the war crimes tribunals and trials, one of the most common things that was heard from Hitler's henchmen was, I was only following orders. <laughs> yes, but you were following the orders. You see. Oh, it may be true. You might be executed for not following the orders. But you followed the orders. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and I, and all of us must be personally responsible for what we choose, for what we do not choose, and for what we refuse to choose, or choose not to choose. Now, a lot of people are going to say to me, but Maitreya, I didn't know. I didn't know the gun was loaded. But the guy that I shot is dead anyway. Well, it's too bad you didn't know the gun was loaded. Why didn't you look at the gun and see if it was loaded before you pointed it at somebody? So we have two things here. We have, we have what is commonly called sin, and then we have what is really, in the East, called karma. Now, what is karma? Karma is very misunderstood. Karma, to most people, is good karma, bad karma. you got good karma, you got bad karma. Good karma is dharma. So really, all there is is bad karma when you get right down to it. You can't have good, bad. You can only have good, good, and bad, bad. And so we have this thing called karma in the East. What does it mean? It means absolute, inescapable personal responsibility. It means you must, sooner or later, in this lifetime, between this lifetime and the next lifetime, or in the next lifetime, unless you attain perfect final union with God after this lifetime, which is the gift that I have brought to you, 
But unless you do that, then you must experience the results of all of your actions and all of your inactions. So it's no good to say, okay, I'm just not going to do anything. Because that's doing something. See, doing nothing is doing something. Isn't it? In this world of dualities that we live in, doing nothing is doing something. There are a lot of people in, in the time of Hitler's rise in Germany who saw their neighbors being taken away and did nothing. Well, they did something by doing nothing. And so we have these five aspects of freedom. These are not something that the government grants to you. Our Constitution, our, our Declaration of Independence, our Bill of Rights is founded on the principle that our rights do not come from man, they come from God. And from God alone. And God alone has the right to take them away from us. Any man that tries to take them away from us, we must stop them. If we want to keep our rights. Only God has the right to take away our right to free speech. Only God has the right to take away our right to free association. Any man or government who tries to do that is a tyrant. A dictator. And to be in sync with God is to rise up and stop it. I'm not saying violently. There are so many other ways to stop it. But it must be stopped. Because these rights are the rights that God has given to us. They are built right into us. Not as a body or even as a mind. But as spirit. As soul. This is the reason that no matter how dark the world becomes. No matter how dark the dark ages were. No matter how big the tyrants were, or how vicious the communist government or the fascist government or this government or that government or the, the government of Rome was, freedom always comes through. It grows right up like the grass growing through the asphalt and the concrete and steel of a deserted city. It is perennial and they will never eliminate it but they can only suppress it for a limited amount of time. But freedom lost is regained at such a cost. Now our country is unique because the founding fathers of this country, I don't know how they did it. I don't know what mechanism came about. But for some reason, God inspired them with this truth. And they wrote it right into our Declaration of Independence, right into our Bill of Rights, right into our Constitution. We must not let it fade. We must not let it be taken away. We must not let men and governments take away that which God has put as the highest quality of our souls, as our very selves, as our very beings. Because if we do, the cost of regaining it will be unbelievable. My friends, this country is only 200 some odd years old. 
Humanity's been around for 10,000 years. Why do you think it is that this country took 10,000 years minus 220 to come about? It's not an easy fight. It's not an easy road to travel. We must hold on to our freedom. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or Lissitarian or Thatitarian or some other Italian or Unitarian. We must be united in holding on to this freedom. Ah, but it's not enough to just be political. It's not enough to just go out and vote. It's not even enough to have a revolution. You must have an inward revolution. If we want to have social evolution in the direction of greater total freedom for all people, we must set about creating an inward spiritual revolution within individuals. Because, it, because ultimately, in our, our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights recognizes this, there is no such thing as collective freedom. There's only individual freedom. And when the individual is not free, the whole is not free. And when the individual is free, the whole becomes free. And the freer the individual becomes, the freer the whole becomes. Can you go too far? Yeah, you can go too far. You can have anarchy. You can have chaos. I don't want anarchy. I don't. Do you want anarchy or chaos? How about you? Do you want anarchy or chaos? You? Do you? No, none of us want anarchy or chaos. But we want the maximum possible freedom that we can achieve without anarchy or chaos. We don't want a government telling us how we're going to educate our kids. We don't want a government telling us what we can do and what we can't do, what we can eat and what we can't eat. This is communism. This is fascism. This is tyranny. This is dictatorship. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We are going to be free. Because freedom is like having muscles. You either use it or you lose it. And the more you use it, the stronger you get. So a lot of people think that what I'm talking about here is going out marching in the streets. That has some utilitarian value. Maybe a sit-down strike has a utilitarian value. Maybe practicing Gandhi Satyagraha has some utilitarian value. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Because unless you are free in yourself and in your soul, you can't be free in this world. Why do people yield to tyranny from without? Because they're living under tyranny within. Nobody, no free man or free woman would, would con condescend to some external tyrant reigning over them if they weren't already bound hand and foot by the internal tyrant of their own ego, their own self, their own selfishness, their own, their own ignorance. So what do we do? What do we do to change this picture? What do we do to reverse this, this tide of this onrushing tide towards tyranny and dictatorship? What do we do to sock it to them? We sock it to ourselves. That's what we do. We don't go out and sock it to the government. 
We sock it to ourselves. We teach people. We teach our children. We teach our neighbors. We teach our friends. That freedom is one of the highest qualities God has imbued every soul with. And it cannot be taken away by the petty whims and desires of tyrants, dictators, and governments. We won't allow it. We won't allow it. When Gandhi was carrying out his Satyagraha campaign in India, and most people don't understand what Satyagraha means. Satyagraha means holding on to the truth regardless of the cost. It means living in the house of truth. Satya, the truth, Graha, householder. Living in the house of truth and refusing to let anyone take you out of there. And when Gandhi was doing this, at one point, they would, people would lay down on railroad tracks and the train would run over them. But ultimately what happened is the, the, the engineer of the train couldn't do it anymore, so he turned off his train and he abandoned his train. These are people who would not give up their quest for freedom, not just for themselves, but for their, for their country, for their families. But you see, we've had it easy. We've, we've, we've been coddled for too long. We're weak. We, we want our stuff more than we want our freedom. Because as I ask children in this country, I ask younger kids when I'm out in places, I say, who gives you your freedom, son? Who gives you your freedom? Girl? I say, well, the government, sir. I say, no, no. Because what the government gives, the government can take away. But what God gives can't be taken away by anybody. Oh, they can take your life. They can take your liberty. They can lock you up in a cell. They can take your hands off. They can cut your tongue out. They can slit your throat. But they can't take your freedom unless you give it to them. Yes. And don't give it to them. Not one little bit. Don't go out in the street and pick up guns. That's the last straw. We, we can't let this get to that point. We can't let this get to the point where we have to have armed revolution to retain our freedom. And we don't have to. We don't have to. All we have to do is to turn within and find that eternal fount of God's divine spirit within us, which you are, and you are, and you are, and you are at your most innermost self. And spend time there, immersed in God's divine, universal spirit within the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. You don't have to preach republicanism or libertarianism or anything other kind of ism. Just give people a way to get into the secret inner sanctuary of their hearts and immerse themselves in that divine ocean of God's universal being therein. And they will learn the lesson of freedom. Oh, teach it outwardly by all means. But intellectual freedom without spiritual freedom is weak. It's easily taken away. They can put you in handcuffs. You go, oh, I don't want handcuffs. I don't want to go to jail. So I'll give it up. Sure, sure. Whatever you say. Also, you have to be sure that when you're exercising your freedom that you remember the fifth 
aspect of freedom. You remember that you are personally responsible, absolutely, inescapably personally responsible for everything that you choose and everything that you don't choose and everything that you refuse to choose. So be careful in what you choose. Be careful in how you exercise your freedom. Don't exercise your freedom at the expense of your neighbor. Don't exercise your freedom in a way that limits another person's freedom any more than you can possibly help it. Sometimes you can't help it, you know? There are some people who walk in here and they sit down and they say, I don't like your long hair, my trap. I don't like your blue shirt, my trap. I don't like your brown pants, my trap. I don't like the color of the walls. I'm offended by all of this. This is called political correctness. That all of us should suppress ourselves because some people are offended by what we say or what we do. This is the beginning of the demise of freedom. Political correctness, multiculturalism. These two things are a scourge upon a free people. Why multiculturalism? What's wrong with other people's cultures? Nothing. If I went to India, I would say Namaste. Jabaguanchi. If I go to Mexico, I say, Hola, como esta, amigo? Todo bien. That's about all I know of other languages. But I'd go there and say that. I would, I, and so far as I was able, without compromising my religion or my, my own self, I would engage in their cultures. And this is wonderful. It's healthy. But we must have a single culture, a single culture here built on freedom. And we're the only country on earth that has that. Look around. Look over here. Look over there. Look over there. Look over there. You'll see little hints of it maybe in Canada. A little bit used to be there. A little light was burning in Great Britain. It's going out, my friends. Canada the same way. Once they take control of your health, once they take control of your finances, once they take control of your children, once they take control of you through your children, the light of freedom begins to dim and go out. Don't allow it. Now, I'm not here to preach politics. I'm not here to teach politics. I have given up perfect final union with God. Perfect final union with God. What does that mean? Oh, nice words. But what is it? God, the highest that there is, the supreme, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Omnipresent. What does that mean, omnipresent? Present. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. In this room. In you. In me. This is why we're all created equal. Because we are all created out of the very self, substance, and being of the one universal God of all creation. The fact that we don't know it. The fact that you don't know it. The fact you don't know it is the source of most of your suffering. It's also the source of the reason that you would be foolishly willing to give up your freedom. 
Up here, I say, rise and rise again, like the phoenix from the ashes, until the lambs have become lions and the rule of darkness is no more. Why do I say rise and rise again? Because they will beat you down. They will put your face in the dirt. But you have to get up again. If you're not getting up for yourself, get up for your brother, get up for your sister, get up for your children, get up for your children's children, your grandchildren, but get up until the force of darkness can't run over any more people on the railroad tracks, until the force of darkness can't take away any more of your freedoms, until the force of darkness can't say to you, because other people come here from other cultures, you have to give up your culture? Is that multiculturalism? It's a trick, it's a gimmick, my friends. And so we have to go back to God. God is the answer, always. God is the supreme. This entire creation exists within God no larger than a single drop of water in the sea. No larger than a single grain of sand in the greatest desert on earth. That's how big, that's how immense God is. And that thou art, that you are in your innermost self and being. Now this whole creation was created out of God's self-substance and being. You know, there, there's a philosophy called ex nihilo, which some people try to use to say, God created this whole creation out of nothing, and therefore we're nothing. <laughs> we're just, as, uh, as they used to try to tell me in the Lutheran church, God is the great potter and you're just nothing but a pot. I say, that's potty. That's potty. That's potty mouth talk. We are of the same self-substance and being of God, but we're living here in ignorance of that truth, that supreme truth. We have to awaken that truth within ourselves. But it's not good enough to just do it intellectually. It's good to do it intellectually. But you have to do it through your own experience. You have to be able to turn within, enter into that secret inner sanctuary of your heart. immerse yourself in his divine presence and being therein. And let his divine presence and being wash away, erode away, take away the, the, the barnacles, the, the dirt, the dust of this world so that you emerge from that inner sanctuary. Cleansed. You're not going to be fully cleansed unless you're a very lucky person. But you know, if you take a piece of sandpaper, you take a file, and you take a block of wood, and every day you go out there and go, chh, 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 just three little swipes on that block of wood. By the end of a year, it's going to be gone. Or it'll be nothing but a toothpick, a sliver. And by the same token, every time you immerse yourself in this divine ocean of God's presence and being in the secret inner sanctuary of your heart, you wear away a little of that covering of dirt and dust, of the crud that you pick up in going through this world. And so we have a method. Now I said, I gave up perfect final union with God. What is perfect final union with God? It is that you enter into God as a drop of water enters into the sea and you become the sea. That I did twice. First time by God's pure divine grace. 
You see, there's both grace and works. And the first time, it was by God's pure divine grace. And then he brought me back to this world. He gave me the choice to come back to this world. And I chose to do his will. And he said, you've got to find your way back of your own doing. And so the second time in 1977, I found my way back of my own doing. And again, he said, I would like you to sacrifice this blessed state, the, the ultimate state, the supreme state of being, of going home perfectly, finally, into perfect final union with him, and go back and renew my eternal universal religion in this world. And I was so moved that I made a vow of compassion that I would never again enter into perfect final union with him until I had seen every one of you and every last soul in creation home into perfect final union with him before me. Before me! Thus placing myself at the very end of the line of all souls going home into perfect final union with him. I will not enter into perfect final union with God again until I've seen every last soul safely home into perfect final union with him. And then... And then something wonderful happened. God made a new covenant. A new covenant with all souls. And he said, whosoever will receive your holy initiation, which is like baptisms for those of you who don't know, whoever will receive your holy initiation and follow you to the end of his or her life, I will give that soul what you have sacrificed for the sake of all souls, which is exactly, precisely, perfect final union with him. And he said, now go and spread this to all the people. And I said, but God, I can't spread this to all the people. I'm just one man. And so he made a supreme promise. He said that whenever there are enough people living in this planet at any given time who have received this holy initiation and my new covenant and are following you according to my instructions, I will give my new covenant to all souls and every soul will have the opportunity to come home in the perfect final union with me at the end of his or her life. That's our cause. That's our purpose. That's our mission. And so this method that I talked about, this method that I mentioned, is called inner divine communion. We don't call it meditation. You know, meditation is, you know, you uh, uh, turn and turn thin and you get mellow, man. Breathe. Breathe. Well, yeah, come on, people breathe all the time. <laughs> breathe 24-7 unless you're dead. What's this breathe thing? Breathe in God. That's like, that's like saying... Breathe in molecules. You are made of molecules. Of course, the molecules are of God's own self-substance and being, but they don't know that. No, we call this inner divine communion because through this method, the way that I found to complete the second half of my journey of getting back into perfect final union with God, of my own works, is called inner divine communion. And so through this very simple method, you find the door to the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. Get that secret inner sanctuary of your heart. Jesus talked about this, you know. He said, when you pray, don't go out in the square like the scribes and the Pharisees and go, ah, 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 make a big noise so you can get attention. 
said, pray such, enter into the secret place in your heart such that the one, and pray such that the one on your left doesn't know what's happening on his right. Enter into the secret place within you. Some people call it the closet. Enter into your closet. I call it the secret inner sanctuary of your heart. And so when I finish this talk, that's what we're going to do. It's a very simple method. It's one paragraph. One paragraph long. It's called the friend's instruction. Or the friend's one instruction sometimes. It's in our holy book of destiny. Our metal destiny book. That's in the Smithsonian Institute. American History Rare Books collection. You can go there and look at it if you want. But we have paper copies of it. And I want you to practice this. And I want you to get in there and I want you to immerse yourself in God's divine presence therein. That, that supreme ocean therein. And soak up the truth. Truth is truly the highest religion. Because God is the supreme truth. And as you do this, what will happen is what's on here will become a reality. What's on here will become a reality to you. This is our creed. He says, there is one universal God, manifest and unmanifest, personal and impersonal, imminent and transcendent. There is no other. Universal God alone is real. As all in a dream is of the dreamer, as a drop of water taken from the sea is sea. All that is, is universal God. There is nothing but universal God everywhere. Nothing but universal God everywhere. All soul, and that means you, and you, and you, and you, and me, is pure, divine, universal spirit, which is one and identical with universal God and no other. But you must find it out. Therefore, remember, you must not lose freedom. You must find that source of freedom, that eternal fount of freedom that is within you, which is God, who you truly, beyond the pale of this world, beyond the illusions of this world, you are. And make it the point of your life, if you're going to follow me, you must make it the point of your life to do everything within your power to realize the truth of your oneness with God while still living in this body. That is your one quest. And outwardly, let no man, no government, take away your freedom or the freedom of your brothers or your sisters. Because if you let them take other people's freedom away, eventually they will come for you. Do it peacefully. Suffer if you have to for freedom. Because the last resort to protect freedom is violence. But we don't want to go there. We don't want this country to go there. We don't want our brothers and sisters to go there. But I tell you this, if it ever comes down to a choice between freedom or taking up arms to secure it and protect it and preserve it, you're going to have to take up arms or you're going to have to live like a slave. Make up your mind now. Now is the time. Now is the time. Apply Gandhi's Satyagraha. Apply the principles that I've given you. Resist peacefully. But above all, 
teach this holy way of life to as many people as you can reach and who will accept it of their own free will and self-determinism. You can't give it to them by force, threat, coercion, intimidation, bribery, violence, or deception. It's got to be through love and conviction, your conviction and their conviction. This is our holy cause, our holy purpose, and our holy mission, is to bring forth the age of universal God's pure divine truth on earth for the salvation and liberation of all souls from suffering, sorrow, death, and rebirth, and to secure the continued survival and liberty of all people. This is my message. This is what I bring to you. This is who I am. You may accept me or you may reject me. You may love me or you may despise me. Somebody said yesterday, oh, it's going to be very hard for people to accept that you are the way to God. I'm not the way to God. I'm not the way to God. I bring you the way to God. I bring you the gift that I won through two of the ultimate self-sacrifices that anybody can make of giving up perfect final union with God twice and making this vow of compassion that puts me at the end of the line of all souls going home into God and which won God's new covenant and God's new covenant and the fulfillment of it is the way home to God. No man is the way home to God. This is why wars are fought. This is why people are tortured. This is why, why freedom is crushed. The dark ages crushed freedom. Oh, we couldn't have the sun be the center of our solar system because we know that God created us as the only thing in the, in the solar system. We just found a planet in another galaxy that looks like it has all of the same qualities that we have and it probably has people on it and if it doesn't, maybe someday we'll be on it. We have to. So, remember freedom. Make it the theme of your life. Make it the theme of your actions. But not just physical freedom, not just, just the freedom to, to be uh, perverse or demented or, or, or tear down things, but that inner divine freedom that God has placed as one of the highest qualities of you and you and you and you and me and all of us. This do in my name and in the name of Parakra, the one universal God of all creation, who is all creation, who is within all creation, and yet who is beyond all creation, who has sent me to you. Om Soham Tatwamasi, we are one with him and no other. Jay Bhagwanji, victory to God the beloved, that beloved universal, I am that I am, which you are. Maitreya, the friend of all souls, is Universal God's awakened one, bringer of the Holy Satya Yuga, whom Universal God has ordained to end the age of spiritual ignorance and bring forth the age of divine pure truth on earth. Out of his universal love and compassion, the friend sacrificed perfect final union with Universal God for the sake of all souls for all time. In reward for his supreme sacrifice, Universal God has promised 
that all who receive the enlightenment of the friend's holy initiation and follow him to the end of their lives shall attain self-realization and receive the supreme gift of perfect final union that he sacrificed for their sake. Accept my tray of the friend of all souls and follow him for your liberation from suffering, sorrow, and death and the survival of humanity.